Hello and welcome back to Noah's Window. Mark and I have been talking about some things in the Christmas story that we believe will be an encouragement to you and a blessing to you. And we're so thankful that you're still out there listening. And thank you to all of you who have written in and sent just encouragement. We really appreciate that. We're so glad to know that this is a blessing. And uh, we enjoy this so much. So today, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, Jesus' genealogy. Now, I don't know how many of you are into genealogies. Um, I have a sister who's particularly interested in genealogies, and she's uh, given us some really interesting stories of our um, recent ancestors over the last 100, 150 years. I love those stories. And it's interesting that in the Bible we have genealogies. Maybe you've run into them before. Maybe you started out reading the book of Genesis and went too far down the road that you hit a, a bump in the road because there was this long list of names and couldn't pronounce them and it can be a little um, difficult to just wade through. And you might wonder, why do we have all those names? Well, they have importance, actually, because all of those names, really, it harks back to when, you know, like Mark was talking about Genesis 3.15. Early in the Bible, we have a prophecy of God sending a rescuer, but he got very specific on how he was going to send this rescuer, when, uh, what circumstances, a lot of details he gave us. And the genealogy is important for that reason. And uh, from the point that the genealogies no longer were important, we don't have them included anymore. In fact, in the New Testament, we're warned against getting involved in arguments over genealogies. And well, we could dig into that another time. But let's talk about Jesus' genealogies, because if you remember in some of the Old Testament prophecies, um, Jesus, God pr- predicted that Jesus was going to come um, through the tribe of Judah, uh, through the line of David. Um, these are these are important prophecies. And so the genealogies are important to establish that. Now, we have Jesus' genealogies in two different places. Uh, in Matthew and in Luke. And it's important to note that there's a slight difference between the two. So let's talk about that for just a minute. First of all, let's jump ahead and start with Luke. Now, you need to know, uh, first of all, the theme of the book of Luke. Of course, it's a it's a biography in essence, a, an eyewitness or a compilation of eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life. Um, but the overall theme in the book of Luke, a phrase that you'll see repeated often, is referring to Jesus as the Son of Man which uh, Jews would understand that to be a messianic prophecy. You'll see that term used several times in this, specifically in the book of Daniel. So um, we know that Luke is presenting Jesus as the Son of Man. And in that line, you'll notice that Luke, uh, Luke's genealogy goes all the way back to Adam, which is kind of interesting. So all the way back to the beginning of humanity, that's where uh, the book of Luke G- traces Jesus' genealogy. So we have... Um, uh, Jesus, the Son of Man, who that means Messiah. He goes all the way back to Adam. And um, if you'll notice when you get into David's lineage, um, that lineage, that genealogy in Luke goes through David's son, Nathan. Now let's juxtapose that to the genealogy in the book of Matthew. In the book of Matthew, uh, Matthew presents Jesus as king. Um, written primarily with a a Jewish audience in mind, and this is important again. Um, So in the book of Matthew, the genealogy uh, is establishing Jesus' legal right to the throne. Let's talk about that for a minute. So in in, in Luke, we said it goes all the way back to Adam. Notice that Matthew only goes back to Abraham. So um, again, we're talking to the Jews, and all the Jews consider Abraham their father. So that would be important to them. So Abraham is uh, is included in this genealogy and goes all the way back to Abraham. When you get to <clears throat> David in 
Matthew's genealogy, instead of going through Nathan, this genealogy goes through Solomon. And we believe that Matthew's genealogy is actually Joseph's genealogy. Joseph, the legal guardian of Jesus, although he was not Jesus' biological father, it was important for Joseph also to fulfill this prophecy because he was Jesus' legal guardian. So legally, that was important. So in Matthew, we have the genealogy that was directed to the Jews uh, because it's portraying uh, Jesus as king. And it goes to Abraham and through um, David's son Solomon. Now, we believe that Luke's genealogy is actually Mary's genealogy, who was actually Jesus' biological mother. So it's important to have both things, uh, both of those genealogies. It's fascinating to study those things. But what I want to really call your attention to today are some women that are mentioned in Matthew's genealogy, because it's very unusual to mention women at all anyway, especially in ancient times. But there are five women mentioned, including Mary, the mother of Jesus. But they're all very interesting women that are mentioned. Um, if you were going to have someone, if you were looking through your genealogy, you might be looking for celebrities or uh, great leaders or just something of notoriety, something special that you get heart back to and say, I'm in this person's genealogy. I have a, a family member who can take, trace his genealogy back to George Washington. And that's a, that's a really exciting thing. But in Jesus' genealogy, there's five women mentioned, but they're all very interesting because they're not, um, one was a queen, but not a queen by choice. Um, most of them are rather, um, maybe in, in today's terms, we might call them a little sketchy. Um, the first one is Tamar. Tamar gave birth to a son, uh, actually by her father-in-law, I'm not going to go into that story, but I challenge you to go to the book of Genesis and look up Tamar. Read her story. She was unjustly treated, but there's a story there. And um, she wouldn't be someone that we would probably recruit if we were recruiting people to be in Jesus' genealogy. Then there's Rahab. Rahab was a harlot, a very successful one. She had quite the business going on. Um, and she lived in a place called Jericho. And when she was living in Jericho, the Bible tells us, that she heard about the God of the Israelites. And so she sought him out when she had an opportunity. But Rahab is in the genealogy of Jesus. And then there's Ruth the Moabitess. She was definitely an outsider. Um, she came into the family in an unusual way. And again, I would, I would encourage you to pick up your Bible and read these stories. Read about Ruth. It's a short, short story and such a wonderful one, a romantic one, actually, even. But Ruth is in Jesus uh, genealogy. And then we have Bathsheba. Bathsheba, uh, someone referred to her as an adulteress. However, I would point out that she was summoned. Uh, so it wasn't something she sought out, but nevertheless, she's in Jesus' genealogy. And then of course, there's Mary, who was just um, a young maid who's, who was willing to do what God asked of her, even though it subjected her to great, um, really, in, in many ways, humiliation and misunderstanding uh, and, and persecution even. So Interesting, these women in Jesus' genealogy, and you'll find that in the book of Matthew. Now, here's my point. These ladies all had some really sketchy stories and some sketchy pasts, some difficulties that, that would be hard for us to consider. If we were any of these ladies, if you had approached any of these ladies and said, do you think you're qualified to be in the genealogy of the Messiah 
the Savior of the world. I'm sure every single one of them would say, would have said, no way, no way, I'm too messed up, I have too much baggage. There's just too many circumstances. There's no way. And yet God used each of these women to make a difference. Go read their story. It's not just that they gave birth to someone. They have stories. They have stories to tell. They made a difference in the plan of God. And this is what I want to encourage you to understand today. You are qualified to make a difference. I'm going to be talking to some ladies even tomorrow who have some real difficulties in their life. Their present circumstances are really difficult. Their past has a lot of baggage and hurt. Some of it is other people's fault. Some of it is their fault. But you know what I can go and say to them with confidence? You're qualified. You're qualified to be part of what God is doing. And you're qualified for your life to make a difference. And I hope we'll all take that to heart. You know, this life isn't just about enjoying it for the day or for the moment or what we can accumulate or uh, fame, fortune, whatever those things are. The most exciting and thrilling thing we can do in our life is to make a difference for the kingdom of God. And every one of us is qualified because God has invited every one of us to, to do that, to surrender our lives to his leading and to be obedient to him, to be in a relationship with him so that our lives can make a difference. So whatever you're facing today, however difficult your circumstances might be, or maybe you just feel weighed down by your past, please take that to the Lord and ask him if this is the desire of your heart. Ask him if he could use you to make a difference, because I can tell you already the answer to that question will be yes. Would you just take that challenge today? If it's in your heart, if it's not in your heart to do it, disregard. But I can't imagine, I can't imagine anything more exciting to be said about my life that somehow God used me to make a difference somewhere for someone, for some purpose in his kingdom. That is the greatest privilege. And that's what these five women enjoyed in spite of their situations. So I hope that encourages you today. And uh, of course, I'm speaking a lot to women here today, but the, the same rings true for men. Anyone who has it in their heart to make a difference for the Lord and you go to him and ask for that, he will answer yes. I can just tell you, I know God and I know his answer is yes, based on his word, based on what he said and what he's promised. He, he's taken recruits to make a difference. I hope you'll take that uh, into consideration today, whatever you're facing. So let's have a word of prayer before we go. Father, what an honor and a privilege it is to represent you. You're so awesome. And, and what you're doing is so amazing. Thank you, Lord, for just letting us have a small part in what you're doing. Thank you for letting us see a little glimpse and being able to celebrate uh, what you're doing, even in these dark days that are difficult and so much uncertainty, so much pain, so much, so much uh, angst, Father, so much anguish. We're just thankful that in spite of all that, you're working and you're working and doing great things. And even as we think about what you're doing today, we're going to pray, especially for the Christmas broadcast that's going to be airing very shortly. And we just pray your blessings on that, Lord, just as just as Jesus blessed the loaves and fishes, what we are presenting to you to use. We just pray that you will bless it in the way only you can bless it miraculously, Lord, that you would take the message that's going out, and that you would see to it that it reaches the ears and the hearts and the minds of those that you want it to reach 
and that the power of God will come into each and every life. We're going to trust you for that, Father, because we know that your love for each and every one is so great, and you want them to hear your message of salvation. And we just want to bring that to you even today for your special blessing. For each person that's listening today to Noah's window, I pray that you have blessed them, blessed their families, blessed their day, blessed the decisions that they have to make today. Take them through the challenges. Show yourself powerful. Demonstrate your unfailing love. And we're going to thank you for all the things that you're doing. Trust you for the comfort and the wisdom that we need. And thank you one more time, Father, for being such a good God, a good Father. And we love you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you have a wonderful day and we'll look forward to seeing you next time on Noah's Window. God bless.